Yo, 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 you already know what it is. Back with another Equip the Podcast episode. It's been a little minute because July was a little bit crazy. So I'm a little bit. July's been, been nuts. Um, wow for you, bro. Yeah, it's been, yeah. I had no time to really podcast or anything like that. You know, life is a little crazy, you know, stuff like that. But we're back. We're here. We ain't going to be slipping much, you know, no more. You know, we got some stuff to talk about. Good episode. And and, um, so today's episode, you know. Oh, and first and foremost, just thank you for whoever's listening on podcasts, whether it's Spotify or Apple. Or if you're watching on YouTube, was Gucci. Thank you for rocking with us. Like, subscribe, all that good jazz. You know, I always got to start with that. Appreciate yes, you. You know, uh, so appreciate you. And we got another good topic to talk about. So let's get right to it, honestly. Um, let's get into it. So today we're going to be talking about pretty much is going to church really necessary to be mm. a follower of Christ? Right? Mm. A, a good topic because, and, there's, and I'm a post in a second why I really wanted to do this, but mm-hmm. just to give some general, you know, conversation talk real quick, you know, briefly, mm-hmm. just like because, right, in all fairness, right, because, you know, some people do have a good question, like, okay, do I really need to be long to a church? Do I need to be mm-hmm. long, I mean, a part of a local church to really be a follower of Christ, or is mm-hmm. it really important for me to really do that? Um, like it's a really necessary step in my in my journey with Christ. Like after I've given my life to Him, like say yeah. you're totally genuine, saved. Like is this something that I actually really need to do? And you know, you really see this a lot, really since like COVID and things like that. Whereas like, mm-hmm. look, I watch the service at home. You know, it's more convenient. You feel me? And yep. you might had a exp- past experience with a leader who you know. And I'm not talking about like I'm talking about like a legit reason. You know, yeah, maybe a leader was bad to you, or you don't, and in a sense that you have some church hurt moment and sin, mm. you know, you don't really trust church leaders and things like that. So you're kind of more on the off ends with it, you know, things like that. Um, you know, just just trying to be charitable too, because there are legit questions when you know when it's coming. Mm-hmm. When, when we're talking about like a topic like this, because there's genuine church hurt. You know, I want to be charitable towards that. Mm-hmm. people who have this you know with the mind frame when it comes to that you know because obviously every church is you know perfect i mean mm-hmm. you know, guess what the people in it aren't perfect or want to get everything right so obviously mm-hmm. churches don't be either and people have had bad relationships and things like that so that does kind of i feel like play a role in it when it comes to you know feeling like you know what i'd rather just be with me you know what I'm saying? I'd rather just do, have my own relationship with God my own way and just, you know, like, because I really don't feel like getting involved because of maybe past experiences or or what I see on social media of certain people wilding and things like that can come right. into me as well. And, um, you know, some people be like, you know what? I can just read my Bible on my own. I can do stuff on my own. The Holy Spirit is still in me. Like, do I really need to belong to, a, like, a local assembly? Like, what's, like, what's mm-hmm. another, like, you know, being charitable when it comes to like, you know, really starting out when it comes to this, like things you've seen and might have heard a witness yourself. Bro, no, nah, you know, it's it's uh, to your point, the earlier point, um, I, I do want to be sensitive towards those who have experienced church hurt because that's a real thing. Right. And, I, and and we understand that sometimes, you know, as a, as believers, you know, we go through difficult seasons with the people in our church, you know, those who uh, we labor with right or you know our leadership whether if you're in ministry or not something may happen uh misunderstandings happen and because uh, we're human right you know we, we we're trying to understand this thing together and so a lot of times uh things are are either miscommunicated uh maybe some feelings of hurt you know are, are hurt you know and um and no and you know and those things do happen so i do want to acknowledge that and um i guess uh to What's the word I'm looking for? I guess uh, affirm that because that does happen. Mm-hmm. However, um, that shouldn't be a thing to stop you. So, so look, so you're asking for an example, right? So, there's, so there's plenty of believers who who I've seen or like you know that I thought they were like solid people. They were just like where you know they love the church, and then COVID happened. They're like questioning why do I need why do I need to go there, right? And you're like what? Like you know what I'm saying? Like bro, mm-hmm. 
before COVID, this is something my pastor always brings up, and I love when he brings. He's like, bro, before this, you had no issues. There were there's been church here before, but no one considered not coming to church, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I honestly though, bro, I think that COVID has um, brought in a, a spirit of of familiarity and honestly, a sense of entitlement, bro. To be honest, man, because people mm-hmm. they're like, why do I need to go to church? It's like, bro, again. Few years back, no, you was not saying this, right? And so, yeah, you had COVID online, but like, that's not really, you know, what I'm saying it's like, I mean, you had church online, like, I'm saying COVID, COVID online, oh, you no. had church online, um, and um, you know, cool, but no one was even thinking about church online before COVID was an option. You know, what I'm saying COVID gave you an option for that. So to me, it just doesn't make an excuse because it's not. To me, it's just a it's, that's that's just a prescription where. The church has been meeting for thousands of years, you know what I'm saying? Through persecution, through famines, and through disease. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. Okay. So, the reason why, obviously, I wanted to talk about it because, and I'm going to put this Dr. Tony Evans tweet like two years ago. I think right around this time, that's going to start us out. Um, okay. Let me know if you can see it. Yeah, I bet. Can you see it? Uh, not yet. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me let me do something. You know. Um, my boy still got the Nike boxes on deck, man. You probably got like ninety boxes back there, bro. Really, uh. All right, can you see it now? Yeah, I can see it. Yep. All right. So if you can see it a little bit of zoom in, I'm trying to make it bigger than what it is. But so this is Dr. Tony Evans. He posted this of mm-hmm. July years ago. Like this is still during COVID and stuff like that when this was starting to become more of a problem. Right. He said, I hear people say I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And they're absolutely right because salvation mm-hmm. is through faith alone and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to go home to be married, but staying away long enough and your relationship will be affected. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So that's Amen. why I kind of wanted to have this episode because te- yeah. obviously you could be saved, like genuinely saved, obviously. Right, right. Without being in the in the local assembly, like there's a lot of people who got convert like converted in other places. Though so you don't have to be converted there, but that's not really the reason of church, you know, because of these new seeker friendly models that yeah. are mostly, whereas like you have to be saved in the actual church. When you know reality, people were mm-hmm. saved for really coming into the church because the church is not just only for you know getting saved and that's it. You know, right? Really, it really. Really, that's only the starting point or whatever. That's and also, I wanted to bring these statistics up, actually, which I feel like is very staggering. Yep. It's no. Um. Hold on one second. All right. Can you see this? Can you see this? Uh, no, yeah, I still see the. Uh... Okay, hold on. Hold on. One second. Uh, Get back out of that. Um, All right. So, actually, let me do this. I'm going to type it in here. Um, I think this will be more a little more simpler. I was just going to pull up my note. I'll pull up my note, actually, in a second. But hold on. Okay. uh, Theology. Bingo. All right. So this is a group called the State of Theology. Can you see it? Yep, I can see it now. All right. So this is a group called State of Theology, and they do statistics like yearly. Mm-hmm. And it's about like church statistics and stuff like that. So this is surveyed for America, people in America, Christians in America, right? Oh boy. That's so always what fun. Americans believe about God, salvation, ethics, all this different stuff. So I really want to focus on for this because trust me, we could do a lot of other episodes on this. We probably will, because a lot of this stuff is mm-hmm. a lot. But I really want to focus on these first. These two I'm about to put up. All right. Um, you know. Okay. So talking about this church membership matters. So when we look at this statistic, right, it says every Christian has an obligation to join the local church. And then mm-hmm. when you look at the percentage here, right, and I'm going to put a highlighter right here. It says 36% of Christians in America. And obviously, obviously, we know this is not every single 
person surveyed clearly, right? Yeah, right. Portion, right? Um, but it says 36% agree. Six mm. people disagree that every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. So way more people disagree with that. Like way more. Mm. 56%. Mm. All right. So let's go down here real quick. Now, here's another question. Every Christian... Uh, okay. So the first one was... My bad. Every Christian has an obligation to join the local church. And then this one is... Hold on. Was this the same thing? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So it's mm-hmm. a breakdown. So one is for the U.S. I guess it's just regular U.S. adults that mm-hmm. they surveyed, and it said fifty-six percent of people disagree. Thirty-six percent mm-hmm. of people agree. Obviously, right now when we go to at the actual church, this is what it's saying. Same question: Every Christian has an obligation to join a local church. Sixty-eight percent agree, and twenty-six percent disagree. Mm, okay, still, still very low. Yeah, very mm-hmm. low. We talking about these are believers in Christ. They their survey, and it's only sixty eight percent agree. It's not even in the nineties, mm. you know, and it's getting lower and lower per year. So when I looked at these statistics, person, you know, when I looked at these ones, um, to me it was very alarming, and I feel yeah. like it's a needed conversation to have because I feel like we're in a state where it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's dangerous. In a way, mm-hmm. if you're not joining a local church, and I really wanted to talk about why why it's actually important to yeah. be part of a local church and why it is necessary and things like that. Because you'll probably hear people like really think that Jesus don't care about the local church, or like he mm-hmm. or it's not he don't think it's a big deal and things like that, right? So mm-hmm. I just want to go over real quickly some verses and just talk about a little bit about why it's actually important, you know, and necessary the local church. You know what I mean? Because we're in it. We're in it. We're in a um a time period where it's more of like we're on our own, like solo type believers. Mm-hmm. Um, more of like, I, okay, I'm going to be on my own. I don't really need no accountability or people telling me what to do in order to oversee me. Da da da. Um, we're in that. We're in this time period now, right? And I think the, a lot of reason for that, as we talked about earlier, was the fact about people's experiences or what they've seen as well. Like, you know, you got people who might have been in churches that were very legalistic and more about the check boxes versus the actual issue, which that has an effect. So now I don't want to be in a church where someone is overseeing me because I feel like they're going to be legalistic and check boxing me versus, you know, focusing on how they get me closer to Christ. And right. Then, you know, and some people don't think it's necessary. Like you have people who are new converts out here getting saved, and you know they try to teach immediately, mm-hmm. but they don't really know anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? and, and that's definitely not how it used to be back in the first century. So, like I said, we're going to talk about a little bit about that, right? Yep. So, for instance, real quickly, I'm going to go back to my notes, and I want to pull up. Uh, where Jesus actually first like really mentions like the church, like where he first like really first says like the church. Um, matter of fact, hold on, I'm just gonna do it from here because my notes I think is gonna be too small. Uh, hold on, Bible, gateway.com. Okay, and then from here we're gonna go straight to it. So let's do Matthew 16. I'm hurry to load. All right. We're going to do Matthew 16. Okay. Where Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ. Okay. So I really I want to read this verse because I want to talk about just in case you might have the viewpoint of, you know, maybe Jesus didn't think it was a big deal or like, or maybe in your mind you don't think it's a big deal, things like this. So if you're a follower of Christ, okay, which means you follow Jesus, you obey and follow Jesus, submit to him. I want you to hear what he has to like what he has to say when it comes to this. So I'm gonna start at verse 13 in Matthew 16. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples who the people say that the Son of Man is, and they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ that you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. 
And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Mm-hmm. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All right. So, right here, you hear, you see where Jesus is asking the disciples, "Who do who do you think who do you think he is?" Mm-hmm. Right, now, like, as, you know, earlier in their in Jesus, in, you know, and their you know, in their ministry with Jesus as they're following him for these couple of years, you know, they don't know they don't know exactly who Jesus is right away. You know, it's over time they start to learn who Jesus actually is. So this is where Jesus is, you know, really pop quizzing. Them. You know, so who do you say that I am? So some of the disciples say, oh, you're John the Baptist, Elijah, all these prophets, blah, blah, blah. But Jesus is like, well, I know what y'all think other people say about me. Mm-hmm. About me. And then that's when Peter said, like, you are the Christ. Like, you are the son of the living God. Like, this is who you, you know, you're the Messiah. And then Jesus said, all right, you're blessed. Like, mm-hmm. on this rock, I'm going to build my, my mm-hmm. church. My church. You feel me? So, and like I said, there are certain debates about as far as like, what does he mean by rock and things like that? Because Peter means rock, and Peter is one of the like main church leaders early. It is the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. So it's the base among scholars where like, is Jesus talking about really Peter here, or is Jesus talking about himself mostly? Which I think the consensus is probably more of like Jesus talking about himself, obviously. But you know, Peter does mean rock, so I guess that's where you know right. it comes into things like that. But here, yeah, Jesus says where. I will build this. I'm going to build my church. Mm-hmm. And since I'm going to build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Just because you give your life to Christ doesn't mean the enemy is not around. Doesn't mean he's still mm-hmm. not. Doesn't mean he's still not tr- trying to lead other people. Us, uh, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right here, Jesus says, I will build my church. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is important to Jesus. I'm going to build my church. What is the church called? The church is called the bride. Yep. Who's the groom? Jesus. Jesus is the groom. And it's not bride as far as like you got some of them weird people, like some of them weird, you know, religious sects that try to say that Jesus actually got married. Yeah. Type crap. Which cap. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna go down that that we're not gonna go down that road. But we are the bride. That's what he calls us. We are the bride of Christ. So if Jesus really didn't care about the church or don't think being a you know once you become a Christian not to come I don't think he will call it his church I don't think he will call us his bride mm-hmm. for nothing and he's also saying that he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church us believers in Christ yep amen he the church because guess what the gates of hell Satan is out. Yep. Like, as we give our life to Christ, don't mean it's over. Doesn't mean, okay, like, are we good? We're not going to get tempted. The devil, you know, is not going to try us or try people around us and things like that. So, the church is essential, is really necessary for us. What? It's not a matter between flesh and blood, it's spirit against the darkness. The darkness. Amen. Ephesians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, Right here, right here, where you hear Jesus first talk about the church, right here. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. the church is important. This is what he created. Yeah. He created the church. So, yeah. you as a follower of Christ, I think it's important to keep that in mind. That, look, the person you serve, like I said, this is for followers. I ain't talking about y'all out here that, you know, no shade. Well, a little bit, but no shade. <laughs> uh, they're saying like Jesus, you know, he's a cool guy, or I like following certain teachings, or you know, I, I like Jesus. I can follow certain things, but I'm talking about for the ones that actually call themselves believers, ones who follow the way, the one who submit to Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is for you. Um. So yeah, mm-hmm. like, what are your thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, bro. I, I would say like, let's unpack what Jesus is talking about. Like, you know, the word church. What does it mean, right? You know, what I'm saying, you know, you look at the Greek, of course, ecclesia, right? It means called out ones or assembly, right? Keyword assembly that means bodies that are assembled, right? You can't you can't be assembled if you're at home. <laughs> imagine look, imagine, look, imagine, look. I, I had a I, I just had this funny thought, man. Like, you know, 
you know, you know how like when we, you know, at the end of uh, Avengers: uh, Infinity War, uh, not Infinity War, yeah, uh, yeah, that joint. Um, when uh, no Endgame, when uh, when you know Cap comes down, walking up, but they about to fight Thanos. It's a whole army in front of him, right? And I'm going somewhere with this too. So there's a whole army in front of him. You see Cap come out, you know, you see everybody <laughs> around him. You know what I'm saying? Avengers, zoop doop. Everybody's like, yeah. Yo, can you imagine if he said a symbol and everybody's at home like, hey, bro, I don't need the symbol. I'm at home, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't need to fight Thanos. I'm, 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 on, I'm an Asgard right now, bro. I'm, I'm with you, bro. I'm, I'm still the church. Hey, yo. I'm still the Avenger. Yo, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm still on Earth right now, bro. I got yeah, I'm, still, I'm still the Avenger, bro. Like, you know, I, I'm still the Avenger, but, but I'm at home. Like, come on, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, yo. Yo, Thor, Thor's like, I can't, man. I'm going to ask God right now. <laughs> no, nah, seriously, man. I, I, I use that joke, man. But no, but it, it, it communicates to me something so heavy where, again, in that movie, there's an army, right? There's an enemy mm-hmm. that they're fighting that they cannot overcome, right? Thanos is the biggest, baddest dude in the, in the universe at this time. And fact. they like, yo, he had his army. It's vast. He has, you know, and they cannot overcome it on their, on their own. So what do they have to do? They have to band together. And what? Be arm and arm, because people. I think we forget, man, as believers, that this is a this this what we what we're walking again. Like you said, Ivan, this is spiritual warfare, bro. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that when you don't, when you don't see your brother, when you don't see your sister, when you don't see your pastor, bro. You, you the, the relationship is not really there, bro. You, you go online, you see somebody talk, oh, that's cool. You know what I'm saying? And like, think about it, you, you're not connected to people you see on Netflix. Like, you know, you, you watch a show. You know, I mean, some people may be like, oh, crying or whatever, but they, you can't talk to this person like that. You can't see them. You can't counsel them when they're, you know, when they're hurting. And so, and you cannot overcome a spiritual battle on your own when nope. you when you're when you're home. Look, let me let me show you this verse right here, man. I think I, bro, I have like a couple verses that just that would just knock this idea out the water, right? But I'm I'm gonna take it easy on them real quick, just a little bit. I mean, let me I'm gonna slow it down. I'm gonna slow it down. I'm, 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 huh? Which one you want to pull up? I can just pull it up on here real quick. Man, I got uh, Proverbs 18. Uh, uh, Proverbs I 18. I was saying, I know you're going with this. Yep, let's, let's pull let's pull Proverbs 18. And this and like it, we're going to slow build this joint. We, we we're gonna walk it up and we're gonna you know we're gonna uh you know we, we're gonna we're gonna attack it one one at a time. I know you probably I know you got some too. So we'll 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 go through them, man. And so so look, let's 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 go to yeah, let's go to verse eighteen. It says I mean, I mean verse one. It says whoever isolates himself, be like huh? Hebrews, like read whoever isolates hey. whoever what isolates hey, himself what. I'm oh, sorry, Hebrews. Like, y'all listening, bro. I had to, I had to do it, y'all. You know, um, whoever <laughs> whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment, bro. This that's things, yo. This principle, bro. I'm taking it easy on him right now. This is this verse is this is taking it easy. Listen, bro. Whenever you isolate yourself, you seek your own desire. Though there's a reason why people don't look <laughs> when you when we come to church, man. That you know, there you can confess your sins. You could, you know, you could talk to people. You can, you know, listen to people, challenge people, right? You cannot do that online, bro. I'm sorry, you just you cannot. You can't. You can't. You, you can't, can't because you're not. You're not. Be, oh no, no. We're gonna hold on. We're gonna get that point too. Cause I got a verse for that. Well. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, yeah. so look, think about it. Think about every, think about every long distance relationship you've ever had. If you ever had one, people know when you're mm-hmm. on the phone and you're like, man, man, Shawty, I miss you, or you know, man, I miss you. You know what I'm saying? And you know, your, your, you know, your significant other is in another state or something. Like I, I had a relationship where my, you know, at one point the girl that woman I'm married now was in another state. She's in Virginia. I'm in Maryland. I'm, you know, I'm in Maryland. So we talk, and I'm like, man, we, you know, ain't no but so much phone talk could get you to a place in your relationship. Where it's a connection, man. You know, and everyone's been there. They they the know that, bro. Too, and the thing is, too, if that is not even beneficial, right? Then what do you think about you just watching a video online where you're not talking, you're not engaging, just because they tell you put one in the chat or put a hand in the chat, say amen in the chat? That's not dialoguing. You're just listening to the message. Cool. Which most of the time we forget eighty percent of things we hear anyway. Most of us mm-hmm. don't take notes. And if you are taking notes, when the last time you checked those notes, the last time you took mm-hmm. notes. If you are taking notes and you're looking back, good job. Keep doing that. But for the, for good people who don't, a lot of people don't check them notes. So 
That's not church. Mm-hmm. I hate to break it. That's not church. That's it's just you listening to a sermon. Cool. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with listening to a sermon, but that's not the local church. That's not the local church. That's not you engaging in church. That's not you fellowshipping among Mm -hmm. believers. That's not you having relationships. That's not you having brothers and sisters that have your back. That's not you doing anything. That's you checkboxing. Simple as that. Yep. You're checking boxes, bro. And like, you know, again, y'all, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be hard, but I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna try to take it easy. We're gonna try to slow build it, but again, man, you know. No, 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 read read this first one once again. Yeah, man, you know, read yeah, it one huh? Read again, read verse one again of 18. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own <laughs> seeks his own <laughs> desire, bro. And he breaks out against all sound judgment. And so again, you know. You know, and you know, it's all seriously. Principally, when you when you <laughs> the word there there is no credible pa- uh, you know, pastor or theologian or whatever will ever tell you not to come to church, right? If they are, then they just they don't know their Bible um, because the, there's scriptures that tell you to, to to you know to assemble yourselves, and we'll go that we'll go that route. But mm-hmm. there's say you know there's counselors there at church that can help you there, but they can't help you if you're you know if you're home at home, right? They can't see you, they can't interact with you. Exactly. And when you isolate yourself, that means you want your own desire. Having a, having this is in a sense of entitlement. When you say when you say, why do I need to go to church when I'm already a believer, bro? But, but you're not understanding what the church really is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Christ died for you for the body of Christ. If you're a part of His body, then that means you are a part of the family of God, right? And the body has different members, right? And if you want to go, you know, you can say church members, that's cool. Because every member has, you know, every member has a gift and they have a different function and all those things. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, but a, just simply put, man, a body cannot work if it's separated. bro. if you cut my head off, I won't be able to operate. If I, if you cut my arm off, I'm bleeding. You know, my arm can't. My body is, is affected by that. You know what I'm saying? And my arm cannot do anything on its own. Right. If you cut my leg off. I, I, I'm gonna have trouble walking, but my leg itself cannot do anything else. It's done, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so again, man, once you you know you cut yourself on the body, man, you're just isolating and you know your body parts basically. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and again, you're 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 rendering yourself uh, just you know purposeless in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Again, you if, if you're a leg in church and it says let's just say you know you're a leg and you get cut off again, you're gonna you're gonna hurt the body, and then. Mm-hmm. In your in your own self, you cannot do anything when you're on. You know what I'm saying? That that's just what it. That's just facts. And so yeah. I just think that again, we have to realize. Well, what does the church mean? And I think that we we have to again re, recalibrate our mindset because we just think again, Charles Church is just a building I go to on Sunday during Wednesday Bible study, whatever like that. It's just a, you know people I talk to. It's just a building, right? When again we had this conversation before, we're realizing that the person that you are the church. If you are a believer in Christ, you are the church. It's not a building. You know, and therefore you're a member, right? Uh, maybe not be the member of that local body, but you need to be. You know what I'm saying? But again, you are a member and you are needed. And I think that's what you have to realize. People have to realize that that you are that you need people, but also people need you as well. You know, and I think that we don't we don't think about that, man. Yeah. So I wonder what the, if the issue also is. You know, does the local church do a good enough job of saying the purpose of church, right? Hmm. Or, I mean, I think that's a factor. It, it, to a certain degree, because I feel like we could be stuck on other stuff versus yeah. the importance of what act, or really explaining to people what, what the purpose of the church is in general. And then also another question could be is the reason why people don't want to go to church because they want to be that person. They, they want, want that. They want that that role. They want that title. They want to be that leader that people. Oh, you mean like you mean they want to have like kind of their own church? I mean, is that what you're saying? I mean, not even their own church because nowadays with social media, people have their own ministries and their own mm. problems where it's not even about the church. They have their own thing. It's like, look, I don't need no church. I don't mm. need someone looking over me. Like, mm. I got my own father. I got other people that uh, I got my own this, that, and the third, right? Like, yeah. is that also a problem as well? And I actually have a good follow-up point when it's coming to that as well. Um, okay. Which uh, I'm gonna direct it a little bit towards now the Great Commission, real quick. Mm. The Great Commission. You take um, you taking it real easy on the Ivan right now. I'm gonna tell you that you taking it real okay. easy. No, 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 no. Trust me, trust me. I'm, you no, know, I, know you, I know you got some heat. <laughs> trust me, because I'm trying to. I'm trying. I'm trying to 
make sure we continue to set the, the, the framework and try to get, I mean, granted, this could be a longer conversation later. Yep. Right. But I just wanted to, to bring this point up really quickly when it comes to the Great Commission, right? Now, when it comes to church, because we're talking about what the purpose of the assembly is, because that's what the mm-hmm. church is ecclesia in Greek. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an assembly. It's the body of people. It's not the building. You know, pe- mm-hmm. people always say that we know it's not the building. It's the body. It's the people. Mm-hmm. It's the gathering, right? It's us being together. That's what the church actually is, right? Mm-hmm. So now I want to bring this up real quickly. Hold on. Let me just go ahead now. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, they worshiped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came to them, came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you to, and behold, I am with you always to the end of age. Now, I wanted to bring this up because sometimes people bring the great mission. They bring it up only in an evangelistic type way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, remember the great commission. We need to go out. And we need to make disciples, but I feel like when they say make disciples, they're only saying like we just need to go out and just spread the gospel. Mm. We need only need to go out and just tell people about Jesus. You know what I'm right. saying? Or get people saved. They, no, right? That's part of it. Sure, yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, evangelize. You gotta evangelize. Clearly, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, that's part of it. But when he said go out and make disciples, what's the disciple? Right? Mm-hmm. What's the Greek mm-hmm. disciple? Like the Greek word for disciple, which I'm going to butcher, is uh, math. Eight, yay, math eight, yo, oh. Okay, hold on. Sorry, you speaking in tongues, my bro. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. <laughs> okay, math eight, two, yo. Okay, that's how you pronounce mm. it. I just have to say it himself because I know I'm All right, boys. So, what that means is to make a disciple to teach and to instruct, right? Mm-hmm. So, when you're discipling, it's not just evangelizing. It's not getting them just saved, but it's also teaching and instructing mm-hmm. them. You know, in other words, being under someone's authority, learning under them. You know what I'm saying? Because think about it. When we read the disciples, right? We, we know we read the gospels and, and the disciples. We're looking at them and th- stuff like that. But throughout that whole process, they're being discipled. What mm-hmm. are they, how are they being discipled? They're learning under Christ. They're watching him. They're learning him they, with the parables, with how he's healing, how he's dealing with people. They're witnessing that. He's teaching them. He's having conversations with them, and they're all submitted to him. Literally, they dropped their occupations to follow him. Mm-hmm. That's how serious it was when they went and submitted themselves unto him. That's how serious it was, right? Yep. So that's the foundation. So the thing is, Jesus didn't say, look, I don't want you to just be a disciple just of me and learn it from me. Now you go out. Because remember, he's talking to the disciples here. Yep. You go out and do the same thing I did for you, pretty much. And guess what? And then they're, the same process keeps going on. And then guess what? The people you disciple, they're going to go out and then they disciple. And then so on and so forth. So the reason why I'm bringing this up, because when we're looking at the Great Commission, where Christ is committed, he's saying for, to make disciples of all nations. Now, now, granted, he's talking to the disciples here, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, that's what he's doing. Yep. That's the goal. The goal is to have some time. And then, like I said, you don't have to be necessarily an elder, a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To disciple somebody or to mentor somebody in Christ. It could be anybody. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. we're all called to be ministers of the gospel. So Amen. when we have this idea that it's we're the one man show, whether you know it or not know it consciously, or you think you don't need church and things like that. We need to be under someone's authority. That doesn't mean that you still don't double check what they say. That doesn't mean you just follow them blindly. Because right. I'm not. I don't care if it's my favorite person. People, I'm never. You never follow anyone blindly. When they read or they bring a scripture, you go always go back and read it. You like be smart, have discernment, things mm-hmm. like that. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is being under someone's watch, seeing being under somebody's like umbrella. Where they're protecting you mm-hmm. because that's what it was because back in the day when and I, you know i don't want to get too far like when you when they come when there's a system in the early church called the q catcher one 
I think I butchered mm-hmm. it. You catch them in where it was a system where it was a process, right? Like once you get saved, you're literally under somebody and learning under them, mm-hmm. learning the ropes, understanding, having someone that you can go to learn from, be corrected, but be yeah. corrected to help you. You know what I'm saying? Like that was the whole process because even when Paul got converted in Damascus, right? When he saw Jesus Damascus, and then he, you know, he converted things like that, right? It, even though Acts it picks up with the rest of the story, but if you read like um, the other epistles where he explains like how he went away, yeah. for a while. he went away for a while to learn. He met with the actual disciples. He met with Peter and them. He didn't just like, okay, I got converted, and then, or you know, I have this calling, and I'm just gonna go out here and start teaching and do it all. No, he met with the. He spent mad time with the Lord. He met with the other disciples who actually walked with Jesus and learned some things for them too before he even went out and started doing him. And this is Paul we talk about. Yep. Peter too. You know what I mean? So it's like we have to, and I feel like that's the main root of the problem is that people don't want to be under someone's submission. They don't want to be, they want to submit to them, to them spiritually. They'd rather just hear a message from them. They're cool with hearing a message from mm-hmm. They're cool with, you know, having some advice about certain things. But when it comes to someone checking you, holding you accountable, saying, like, you got to stop doing X, Y, and Z, that's where I feel like the biggest issue lies because nobody wants to actually be held accountable. Nobody wants to actually be checked. Nobody wants to actually be told you need to stop doing X, Y, and Z. That's why I feel like some people would just rather just stay out or just do their own thing and things like that. They don't want to be under somebody's somebody's submission. When really, in reality, it's their and granted, it's not perfect. Obviously, people are not perfect at it. They, you know, obviously, you know, we get that, right? But it's there to help you, to help you mm-hmm. grow. Because guess what? We have blinders at times. Yep. We see only one thing one way. Where someone on the outside can see it better than we can see it, that's when mm-hmm. they can say, look, bro, or look, sis, like, you're slipping here. Or, you know what, like, I notice you're doing this. Like, you're okay. Like, let's help you get to this trajectory. And things like that, and guess what? It helps you out, project your life, and helps continue for you to follow Christ and to run your race well. And I feel like when we're looking at the Great Commission, we I feel like we really kind of can overlook it sometimes of what he's actually talking about, like making a disciple, you know, making a disciple, yep. not just evangelize, just evangelizing, or just not just you going live and having Bible studies and teaching and and arguing and things like that, like. Make disciples. Throw yeah. somebody under you. You know what I'm saying? Submit yourself to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Grow with them. Because, you know, this is not even, it's more than just mentorship. I mean, granted, you can be mentored by somebody, you know, obviously, right? Obviously, it's kind of the same thing. But mm-hmm. it's more of a spiritual practice for Christ. To get you closer to Christ. To learn about everything you can about Jesus and the doctrine and the right things to follow. And I feel like sometimes we can overlook what it means to be a disciple, to make disciples. Like it's not Amen. just it's not just a joining a small group per se. It's not even just that. It's more than just that. Yeah. A personal relationship where you're giving someone permission to be your spiritual authority. Mm-hmm. You're giving someone that permission, like you know what, you can tell me when I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And I'll listen and I'll, you know, and I'll really listen to what you say. Like I'm talking about really having permission. Because we'll we'll allow people to teach us like to like the teach yep. messages. That's fine. Whatever. You go to a small group and have real good conversations, which are important. But are you allowing someone to be your spiritual authority mm-hmm. over your life? You know what I'm saying? Even outside the Bible as well. Because obviously we know the Bible is the main authority, clearly, right? But mm-hmm. that's not the only authority. Like, like you have, you have trusted, someone who's trusted to be that authority for you. And I think that's the thing that people don't really want to do. No, amen, bro. And, and you know... Even let's let's just break it like I, I got I got one word there, right? To me, you cannot you cannot do this at home. What's the word I'm looking at? Baptizing them, right? Yeah. So this is this is dunking people in water. So I don't know, people sometimes they be I know they be having a little the little uh little hologram backgrounds, they may be at the beach or something, you know. They, they <laughs> <may be. laughs> but you know what I'm saying? But like I, I'm just trying to expose the stuff for what it is, man. It's foolishness, bro. You cannot. You can't baptize nobody when you're at home. You can't be baptized when you're at home. If you're a new convert, the Bible commands you to be baptized, right? It's not against, it's, it's not up for debate, right? 
baptism is something that is mandated. Now, it's not it's not essential for salvation, right? right. But baptism is a public display of your faith, and it's, it's not mandatory, right? Jesus is telling his disciples that he is there's an expectation there that you will baptize uh, people. You know what I'm saying? And so there is there. This is not up for debate. You cannot baptize or be baptized if you're at home. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it just doesn't make any sense, man. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you know, again, um, like you said, I think that you, when you when you look at someone, <laughs> when you when you look at the, like you, you use the word disciple, uh, back in the day, there was a you know back you know like in um, I would say during the time of the prophets, right? Especially uh, like Elijah, Elisha, they had what was called schools of the prophets. And mm-hmm. um, and what will happen is these prophets, the, the, you know, the prophets will walk around, you know, they'll just do life, whatever. And they had students who would actually walk around and like observe their life, write their teachings. You know, it was to the point where there's there's this idea that you, when you would follow someone so, so much that the dust they kicked up would actually land on you. You know what I'm saying? It will hit you because that's how closely you followed them. Right. And you can, <laughs> you know, I know, you know. You can't step on cookies on, on the internet. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. It just, it just doesn't work that way. You know what I mean? Like, you need to be able to see what it's like to live this Christian life out. And you need to see the mannerisms. You need to see someone who is directing you like Jesus and listening to a sermon just doesn't do it, man. It's Sermons are good to encourage you, but it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not useful to, it's not that's it's a good supplement, right? But it's not just something that sustains you. What sustains you is being in fellowship with people, man, and seeing how seeing what it's like to do this life, man, and seeing what it's like, you know, to think, man, am I am I lunching? You know, am I crazy? You know, because we are, you know, as believers, I think we have a lot of stuff going on anyway, man. And I just want to know like what it looks like to for someone to to be struggling in a certain area, but still being able to honor the Lord through that and you can't do that on on a sermon you can't do that watching church online because it just doesn't work that way you know again going back to the long distance relationship uh example you can't see what you what starting to look like you hey man you may hey man i think you, oh yeah you can imagine all that you can you know you can imagine her smiling you can probably feel it you know you you know you have emotion there but it's not the same when you're not in the, in the presence of the person you know the per of the person you love man and so i think that you know what's funny, bro? People will do that with God, but they won't do that with their own relationships, right? Like, you know, I, I know Tony, you know, I think we mentioned it before. People will have that, oh, why do we need to go to church, right? But then we'll, you know, again, you know, marriage, Tony Evans brought the, the, the you know, the marriage thing, but so maybe, maybe you're not married, right? But let's just say, you know, you live home, you know, you have your mother or your father, brother, friends, whatever, right? You will never say that. Oh, why do I need to meet? Why do I need to meet with my friends? That doesn't make any sense, bro. Yep. Why yep. would you say why would you say you won't say that to, to your friend? You, you won't say this to your friends. You won't even have that thought. Mm-hmm. But you will say that you'll say that to the Lord. Come on, man. It's to yeah. me, it's it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, and I just feel like it's just not taught in a way yeah. where it's like, you know, because I and you know what I'm saying, and I feel like this is the, where the church can take responsibility when it's coming to church, because you know, depending on what type of church you are going to or following or what people are used to. Coming to church is an experience, or coming to church is just hang up, you know, coming to church is just volunteering, you know what I'm saying, or serving, or coming to church is just like it's like almost coming to church is a job, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, instead of being among fellow like fellowshipping with other believers, like it's, it's almost painted as that where people can be turned off, or you know, because it's not properly communicated mm-hmm. on what church fully actually is, what's the purpose of it, and things like that, because if they people actually knew. They wouldn't neglect it as much, you know, as they do. And I just want to even share this in Hebrews 13, 7, where the writer says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Mm-hmm. Why? Does he say that? For they are keeping watch over your souls mm-hmm. as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning, for they for that would be no of advantage to mm-hmm. you. Amen. You know what I'm saying? So... Just submit it to your church leaders. And like I said, I'm talking about two good church leaders. I'm not talking about the bad ones or the ones they let you do whatever you want so you left. Well, actual good church leaders, which there's tons of them, whether people don't want to admit it or not, because people just want to have their own way. But there's tons of them, right? Mm-hmm. Obey and submit to, to them for what? Because they're keeping watch over your souls, meaning they're held responsible for you. Because in James 3, I believe, where it says those who desire to teach 
you will be judged more strictly. Mm-hmm. Why are you going to be judged more strictly? Because you're responsible for people's souls, meaning you can mm-hmm. lead people either closer to Jesus or further away from Jesus, and yep. you'll be held accountable for mm-hmm. that when it's all said and done. Yep. So it's more than just getting your butts in the seats. It's more than just hearing the message. It's more than just that. Like, they are even responsible for your souls. Like, being a leader, it ain't my bad, not even just a leader, per se. Uh, those who desire to teach. Yeah. And obviously, we know pastors and elders obviously have a huge job and things like that. Like, yes, that, those roles are very serious to the Lord. So, just bringing you in on perspective of, like, look, this is serious things that they're doing. That you can trust certain church leaders because, you know, the writer here is letting you know, like, they're overwatching your, of your souls. They have to have, a, have an account given for that. Yep. Right? Like, look at all of what they're doing, sacrificing for you. That's what they're like. That's what they're. That's what they're doing. So when you're submitting under that, you're not submitting under under them because they're your boss, mm-hmm. control your life, or they're your ex parent. No, because your soul is ultimately at stake. Yep. Period. Period. That's, period. Your soul is at stake. That's what truly matters. It's not them being another dad or a mom to you or anything like that. No, that's not what it is. They're responsible for you spiritually, mm-hmm. way more than just flesh and blood, which me and Thomas even, you know, talked about earlier. So, like, take that into consideration. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. out there, when you were, you know, leading, like, I don't know if I should fully like allow them to, da da da, you know, stuff like that. And you know, and honestly, I think another part of it is too. And granted, this is not this is literally only ten percent of churches, but you have some churches where. It's hard for people to have relationships with their pastors because of how, and granted, some church sizes is hard. Obviously, the lead pastor, that's why you have other pastors to grow. But like I said, stop just being, also, don't be attached to just the main lead pastor. There's plenty of other pastors on staff that will be great for you, to help you, to guide you spiritually. Stop just looking at, oh, the guy on stage who probably got a lot of followers or, or says catchy things and stuff like that. No, no. What about the pastor who's actually going to be there for you? Who actually has your phone number? Who actually is checking up on you? Stuff like that because the lead pastor ain't doing that for everybody. They can't. Mm-hmm. That's why you have other people in the church to do that because it doesn't end all. The end all be all isn't one person. It will never be one person. It should never be one person. So take advantage of every pastor on staff, not just the lead pastor, not just the fancy one, not just the one who shown more things like that, because their responsibilities for the whole ecclesia and mm-hmm. the people and the pastors under them. They're responsible for them too. Mm-hmm. So don't just be too attached to think you always. I'd rather talk to him because he preaches better, or he, he seems cooler. No, go to the pastor who's doing his job correctly, who's taking it serious, who's genuine, who wants to be there for you, right? Because you'd be missing, you'd be surprised, you might be missing out. Yep, on something that is uh really, really like beneficial, like even to you. And then real quickly, my bad. I just want to bring up X too, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to witness. <laughs> That's one of my favorite joints right there, bro. Just to talk about mm-hmm. what the church actually looked like. You know Let's talk saying? about it. Let's talk you know, about it. Talk about it. And while I'm putting this up, um, I'm not saying this just so we can romanticize about how great the early church used to do it. Because trust me, they had a whole bunch of issues. Just read any epistle. Mm-hmm. So it's not romanticizing. Like, oh, my God, they did it so much better. We need to go back and do exactly No, You know what I'm saying? Because as soon as they were able to get buildings and stuff like that when it wasn't illegal, they went and did that. So, but I just want to give you a picture of a fellowship. See, Mm -hmm. look, fellowship of believers. And they Mm -hmm. devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Okay? So what the apostles Mm -hmm. taught them. So they devoted themselves to it. Not just listen to it and then just like, I check it off. No. They devoted themselves to it. And the fellowship Amen. to the breaking of bread and prayers, and all comp- came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And Amen. all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they Amen. received food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So what's going on here is what fellowship looked like. 
and this is like the very beginning of the church. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like AD 30s here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is the AD like late 30s here. This is what we're this is what we're looking at here. And this is where how the church fellowship, mm-hmm. right? They lived day by day with one another. They broke bread. They sold their possessions to help another person who needed it, who needed it, and things like that. Mm-hmm. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. They broke bread. Like they lived together. They li- like they knew each other. You know, that's the thing. They knew each other. They knew each other's name. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just watching this one thing this one day, and that's it. No, they actually had a fellowship. Yep. They broke bread together. They helped each other out who was in need. They even sold their possessions to do so. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, knowing meaning they knew the apostles, and the apostles knew them. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. that's what they did. And and also in the early church, the biggest form of worship, which – in Pentecost, you know, in Protestantism now, it's more preaching, obviously, is the main thing of worship. But actually, it was communion. Communion was one of the big things of worship because they celebrated what Jesus did on the cross. They did it every week. It wasn't once a week. Once a month, like how, how it is now, but what we're doing. But they did it all every week. And, you know, they did. obviously, they had their time for preaching and hymns and things like that. But communion was the main thing of worship because they fellowshiped and celebrated what Jesus yep. did. For them, so when we look at this, I think it's important to realize how important fellowship is, and us lacking fellowship, what is actually doing to us when we're doing that? Like when yeah. we're lacking fellowship, when we're lacking breaking bread with one another, when yeah. we're lacking not being around, when we're lacking not telling people what's going on, when we're lacking not letting people talk in our situations. We're going to eventually start digging our own holes, or you start getting a sense of pride. Because you think you know everything and you don't need anybody. Mm. If we want to take it there too, because we can definitely take it there as well. Bro, let's let's take it there, man. I, look, it, I'm just to be honest and be, be blunt. If you are, if you're saying, if you're if you're questioning why you need to not why you need to come to church, you are to me. I understand that there are, and again, we you know we affirm those elements, right? But again, those things should be examined and you need to take further looks into that because again those things should not take precedence over you know the gathering of yourself like even with the scripture like we brought up in um in acts two but i think that i want to i'm going to share a story and um and use this verse because i think that to me this is to me this will be the probably the most sobering thing or the, the sobering reason why church is needed right and i think that once people hear this that they will be able to maybe relate to a little bit more and actually make see the severity of what's going on. So there, so there, the story, just to be brief, there's a story um, that my, my pastor told me. He, he's, you know, he was really, really hurt about, really hurt, you know, uh, by it. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's dear to his heart and he, he shared it with us. And, you know, it's just still, it still affects him. Anyway, so this, this woman, um, you know, uh, was in the church, you know, love God, you know, just knew the word of God, share with people, love people. He knew her for over some, he knew, he knew over some years, you know what I'm saying? So it's not like it's a new person. He knew this woman. Uh, he knew she loved the Lord and all these different things. Um, things led to one to another, you know, things led, you know, the one thing led to another, she just started drifting away. And to the point where she left the faith and she actually um you know got a you know uh uh actually changed her gender and all that stuff you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and so remember this is a woman who loved god they seen the fruit in her life they seen all this stuff mm-hmm. and she renounced her faith mm-hmm. let me let me read you let me read you something in uh in hebrews this is hebrews chapter 10. oh yeah oh yeah well, I, I'm not going there, but I'm well. I, I, yeah, well, I'm gonna read you this part right here. I'm gonna read you this. It says this. I'm gonna go, actually. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna go to 23. So he was chapter 10, verse 23. Okay. Um, and it says this. It says, "Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering." It says this: "For he who promised is faithful." And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good and, and uh, love and good works, right? Not neglecting 
to yeah. meet together. Listen, as the habit of some, that's the 25% or the or whatever, right? As the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawn by. I use that story because if you look at verse 23, it says, let us hold fast to the confession. You know what I'm saying? For our confession. I think people think that like, oh, I, I, you know, I believe in Jesus. I said my confession and it's over. Like, bro, you have to hold fast to that joint until, the, until you go. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something that you have to, we we know the Bible talks about people walking away from the faith, the great apostasy. These are people who, you know, now John tells us that they were not of us, right? For they were of us, they were, you know, they, they remained, right? We well, see that. We see yeah. different. We see honestly. We just uh, there's a there's just different tensions we see where, you know, you have people who love Jesus but they walked away from. Him. You know, they they're just like I don't want them anymore. You, I, we 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 you know we've seen that we've seen. Think about how many you know. Again, even though we don't know these people, but we've seen the fruit in their lives. We see them have the confession of faith. We see them. I love Jesus, and they left the faith. The reason why we we gather, y'all, is so that we can encourage each other. To remain in the faith, bro. Mm -hmm. If you isolate yourself, then you're going. You're getting all types of, you know, you all types of, uh, you know, you're, you know, you're not community. You're not talking to people. You're not breaking bread. Listen, God's commanding you not to do this. You're, you're literally breaking the commandment of God. So think about it. If you're already breaking God's commandment in that area, just assembling alone, imagine what's going to happen. It's a slow drift. It's a slow drift. And, and 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 what happens is I believe that God would do this where if you keep denying him and, and you know God send you you send you know and you know you know the truth but you keep denying the spirit even Hebrew says it like you know that if you didn't if you neglect this faith bro like this is people who know remember Hebrews is written to the church this is not written to unbelievers Hebrews is written to the church and he's warning people to remain in the faith bro if yep. you let yourself you will drift away from the faith. We've seen it happen. Look at time, look at all the, you know, we, we've seen YouTube videos. You look at the stories. Every time you hear the stories, it's I didn't go to church for five years. I didn't do this. I didn't go, I didn't do that. I drifted and, away. I da 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 Then I started in this teaching and so on Instagram and da But so so again, here what I'm saying, y'all, is I'm not saying that you are gone forever. That's that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is this is that you can get to a point where you see your conscience so much where you where you quench Paul says do not quench the spirit that means don't put it out that's the, the word isn't it's not you know it means to put it out and I think that we have to be you know be careful with that because if we if we put that spirit and we lose our convictions then we'll we'll eventually walk away from the faith and you may not never come back you know what I'm saying because you because you so serious your conscience that's why it's so important to, to gather because people can encourage you to come to church, bro, and to love the Lord, man. And so, again, I just I think that story sobering. Again, he loves this woman. He loved this woman. She, you know, watched kids that she knew, you know, they, they you know, he knew her mm -hmm. and she walked away from the faith. Yeah. Uh, to me, to me, that's sobering. You cannot do this life on your own. You will walk, you will drift away. Nope. And like, and really just, you know, think about just wrapping up, like, you know, two things also come to my mind is like, um, like throughout scripture in general about warning of false prophecy, right? Warning of false prophecy through the Old Testament, New Testament, Paul constantly did it. Jesus, did it. Peter did it. Everybody is doing it because there are going to be false prophets out here that's going to claim this, going to claim this about Jesus, this, that, and the third or. Christianity's fake. You know, we, we all heard all the all the all the all the junk that's been said and things like that. We've we've heard all of it. So when you're by yourself, when you're not getting fed, when you're not dealing with this stuff and, and being with your brothers and sisters, also dealing with this, like dealing with this stuff and talking over, you're not gonna be equipped enough yep. being able to deal with it. And then that also can help you start drifting away because you want to be by yourself. Nowhere, oh well, you know, that's kind of a good point, or oh, you know. Yeah, then before you know, you start getting curious and curious, and then bam, right? Where the Bible could literally specifically warns us to avoid and be aware because it's prevalent. We're talking about stuff something that's written that thousand years ago, thousands of years ago, and it's still prevalent today, literally telling us what's going on right now. And when you're by yourself, you're going to be vulnerable yeah. for many different things, not just for you know false prophets and, and other religious things taking you away, but even through life, 
alone. You're going to be vulnerable. You're not created to do things on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can look at Adam and Eve, where right. God say, look at man, it's not good for him to be alone. Let me create him a helper. Not necessarily just a wife, but keyword is a helper, someone who is good to balance him as a companion. You know, they like to balance him perfectly because obviously animals couldn't do it. So God made him the perfect companion, helper to help man. You know what I'm saying? So when we're looking at it as a whole, we can't do stuff on our own. We're doing stuff on our own. You're only going to be vulnerable for whatever attack or whatever comes your way, swayed away, and then you're not around other brothers and sisters to help uplift you and guide you and things like that, you're going to fall. You're going to go away. You're going to start to drift off whether you want to believe it or don't want to believe it. You know, and I think of James 5, 16, where it says, you know, um, confess to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. Because prayers mm-hmm. of a righteous person okay. is effective, right? Mm-hmm. So the whole point uh, is about fellowship, being together. When you're confessing, right? Confessing one another. And when people are praying for you, right? That's when it's effective because you're around the Ecclesia. You're around the church. You're around the fellowship. And a lot of times we are lacking being healed or lacking persevering through like, cause like I said, just because, you know, you can still go to church and be involved. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to things. We, you know, we all know that things like that, but even persevering through the stuff we do, we're crumbling because we're dealing with it on our own. On our own. We're crumbling in because we're trying to avoid Ecclesia and things like that. We're crumbling because we had bad experience in the past and now everybody's going to be gossiping about what we got going on. You know what I'm saying? Because closed mouths don't get fed. And we like to suffer in silence and, and, and wondering why we're still drowning in our mess because mm-hmm. we're dealing with things on our own. And we'd rather just be nomad Christians, you know what I'm saying, doing our own thing and having our own following and out here doing our own what we think it is instead of listening to what christ said listening to what people in the bible said listening to the importance of church the importance of the ecclesia what they did what was the whole purpose of it and when we're and when you're avoiding it you know what i'm saying because we're really trying to exhort you guys to if you have this mindset about church to find and I, like i said we understand it's difficult like it's, obviously it's not the easiest thing in the world to find the right church for you i get it you know what i'm saying like it is a process we're not saying, you know, we, we've been through it our own self. Like, we, we know it ourselves. Trust me, we know. But when you're actually praying for that, when you're actually looking and things like that, God's going to give you the right church to go to. But how much effort are you actually putting? Like, do you actually care? Did you actually pray to God about it? No. I mean, I mean I'm not saying no, but I don't know. Maybe you, ha- you probably probably have it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you make everything else a priority when you're asking God for prayers and stuff like that. Why can't you have finding the right church home? Or find the right body to be a part of, or anything like that. You don't have to go to a, a thousand-person church, right? You can go to a thirty-person church and get the same thing. Ten-person church and get the same thing. It doesn't matter. The point is to be a part of a fellowship, to be a part of something, right? To be under somebody's submission, so that way you can be able to disciple somebody as well. Because that's the point of the Great Commission. Okay, yeah. you know what I mean. Um, you know, just wrapping up. Any last thoughts as well? Yeah, I I was going to say to answer the question, is going to church really necessary to be a follower of Christ? The church, you know, to be to to believe in Jesus, I would say no. You know, but what I am saying is that church is vital for your perseverance in Christ and to and help you to hold fast to your confession. So that's what I would say. I'm saying yes to the question. I'm yeah. saying yes, it's necessary. It's very necessary. Yeah, yes. no, it's ne- I, yeah, it's necessary. You know, it's very, it's, necessary. it's very, very necessary. We already know you don't need to be. You know, it's not a salvation issue. We right, right. That's 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 what I meant. Right, but it, but it, it is a. Is it, but it's a yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely, yes. yeah. absolutely, mm-hmm. positively. Because at the end of the day, it's benefiting you, and you're obeying what Jesus created. Amen. Period. Amen. Point blank and period. But Amen. I mean, that's pretty much. It guys, because like I said, we, this could be a nine-hour video. If we really wanted to, but mm, I have boy. But I know we could probably revisit different side topics relating to this. So I'm pretty sure we'll visit this again. But yeah. we're out. Peace. Have a great week, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Stay blessed, and we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Oh, oops. <laughs>